0: This is a special podcast for the people of uh, The Projects in Ship Street, Brighton. Welcome all of you and to anyone outside of this wonderful establishment, you are most welcome too. Uh, This is a program about the people who work here. Uh, This is a co-working space, so that means that there are a lot of businesses who aim to be collaborative, who aim to be a contributory and who aim to be prosperous. And first up, we have the wonderful people who run this place. It is Alex and Beth. I happen to be sitting with two of the most fabulous people I've met this Tuesday morning. They are the fabulous Beth and Alex, or Alex and Beth, depending on which way you're looking at them. Because if you're doing Ant and Deck, it's Beth and Alex, but if you're doing Deck and Ant, it's Alex and Beth. What would you prefer?
1: I don't think people deck an ant, do they?
0: <laughs> now, there's an interesting point. because That's a what, deck comment. What ha- that is a deck comment, but also it's, a, it's an anti-ant comment, isn't it? Because of what happened last year, which we mustn't talk about, must we?
2: What so happened to Anne? Oh, the driving, I mean, driving. off the rails. Oh, uh, off Anne. the rails. He was yeah. off the rails,
0: but that it's—I'm sure it's sub judice or something. Anyway, we're hit well, about... Well, there is
2: a link between the projects and Anton and Deck. There <gasps> is. Oh my there God, is. What is Tell us. We
1: have their comedy writer working from the projects. So there was a big expose oh on the on the, in the sun.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't yes, know what he's allowed to say. Oh, yes, I mean, so is this like an is.
2: exclusive from Brighton? Maybe it is. Yeah. Um yeah, Andy Milligan in the
1: Are we allowed Andy to do this? Milligan. Andy
0: Milligan. He's in the quite well known. He
2: writes all of Anton Deck's
0: jokes. But he he, is, he the is the real well
1: Anton Deck. He Anton Deck are little people that live inside him. <laughs>
2: I must he controls them, he's the puppeteer. Yeah. He's the next person
0: to be interviewed on the project's yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yes. Are we allowed to out him? Sorry, Andy. I mean, this is going to help millions of it's listeners. Fantastic.
0: <laughs> this is absolutely fantastic. Yes, yes, yes. We must out him. We must out anyone who is, well, particularly special. But, Maybe we yes. should
1: ask him if people deck decanant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Who have we been, um, we've been we've um, been likened to Dolly Parton and... What was his name? Kenny, Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers. <laughs> that so wasn't I, true. I... <laughs> I saw the pictures,
0: but it just wasn't quite accurate enough.
2: <laughs> so I'm Beth, I'm Kenny Rogers, and I have like quite dark hair. and quite a Kenny Rogers-esque face with the beard. Without the beard? You, you don't, don't have the beard. beard. Oh, I don't have the beard. No. That's only because <laughs> I shave very close to my face. <laughs>
0: and then you have the Dolly Parton... Charm. You've I'll taken, uh, You have got very similar to skin to mine, I have to say. When I'm closely shaving, it has to be so. <laughs> I safe. do a good yeah. job. Because I've got beautifully smooth skin once I shave, and put moisturiser on, obviously. What moisturiser do you use? I can't remember. Are we allowed to plant? <laughs> we can, we're a commercial Hashtag radio station. That'll be our sponsor. We're Nivea. a commercial radio station, we don't care. We don't care. So why? I want to know why. Why? Why am I sitting here and speaking to you lovely people? Why the projects.
1: Go on Dolly. (laughs) Well Kenny, why the projects? Um, The best answer I have to that is that people here needed a really beautiful collaborative space um, and wanted to be part of a community so that's what we have endeavoured
0: to provide when you say people do you mean you went to this into the streets and you say excuse me and you did a vox pop and you say oh, are you looking for your beautiful place where you can collaborate
1: well beth, actually beth happened? and i cannot take credit for that we oh. had um extensive research done looking into what is needed in the city cool. um by some amazing branding experts and um this is what they came up with and we have brought it to life um well, you've
0: all done a flipping good job, as far as I can see, Thanks, and I'm Jess. not being paid for this, I have to say. <laughs> I am not actually being paid. Uh, it is well a splendid <laughs> space. It is a splendid space. It's very good space. So that's the first thing. It's a good space. But I'd like to delve deeply, <clears throat> probe into this business about co-working, because I have been in other spaces in my life where there was supposedly a beautiful community it is a difficult difficult call yeah so what are you going to do about this thing called co-working co-working just concentrate on co-working not the space the co-working I
2: I think um so Alex is our community manager I'm going to answer for you um I think um Alex does a really wonderful job I think a lot of times a co-working space you just kind of have a lovely room you plonk a bunch of people in together oh, yes. and everyone just has to sort of sit and work next to each other. And what I love about what Alex does in particular is she genuinely, it sounds really cheesy, but she genuinely gets to know what every single person in the building does, what their motivations are for coming to work, um, who, sh- who they can collaborate with, um,
1: and also just gets to know their... Lives. It's a real skill what Alex does, and um, can I just interject? It's not just me. It has to come from both of us, and it does. So it's um, as well. well backed up.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. Both <laughs> of us. We
2: but have, you know, it, it's 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 an ongoing thing. I don't think we're every day. It's never going to be finished. It's never going to be like, okay, now everyone's working together. It's, you know, oh, can we make you a cup of tea? How can we help you? Let's sit down. And it's an ongoing, that is our main focus. Our main focus every single day is the people in the building. Yeah. Something that I guess motivates me is that really not many of us are going to have a much of an impact on, our lo- like on the world after we're gone. And I think... The main thing that I love from what we do here is each day just making people's lives a little bit better, and I think that's kind of all you can hope for, really. And I think for for me, and I, I think I don't want to speak for you, but that really comes across from which you can just make people's lives better, and
1: you know, like it's the little things, isn't it? Yeah, and I
2: think you know we're just gonna be working until forever now, aren't we? Like really, with like pensions yeah. and things like that. So you might as well just really
1: enjoy what you're doing in yeah. the, the day yeah. um yeah so i think it, thankfully we both do we love meeting yeah. other people and helping them and introducing them to other people yeah
2: i think it's a really human focus that we've got here yeah
0: it is interesting because um, and i i'm not going to send creepy crawly bumble at all about this. Okay. I'm, not, try your best, I'm going to do my very, very best <laughs> and try and be proper journalistic type creature. Well, apart from being lazy, I'm not lazy. Um, but the point about this, sorry, journalist, but the thing is, um, it has come always, my experience, from the front of house. The very second you walk into a space, um, I mean, I was quite fortunate in terms of my experience in this place to start with because I knew someone who was kind of trying it out. Mm. And uh, I came here sort of by chance. And immediately I was struck by the friendliness of the of you guys. And it's very... Well, it's not so much unusual, but it's not something I would have expected from my experience of this sort of thing. So it's a very good start. Um, so far, you do seem to be the sort of people who... who are on that kind of mission because you love people I mean you know it's not just you say you love people you you love people you you like connecting with them you like talking to them it's part of your daily stuff and although daily stuff can be chores yeah it seems to be a cool thing what I'm really interested in is so it's all set up which is mm. fantastic and you've been going for what, three four months now three, just just three, months, yeah. three months so it's early doors yeah What's interesting about any space like this is that by default, people come here to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and work for their own business. Mm-hmm. And although people do collaborate, because naturally they they do. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are organisations that have uh, collaborated here. Um, keeping that sort of spirit alive, I know is is quite difficult mm-hmm. because you can be full of the joys and very much like that, mm-hmm. but trying to kind of kind of vest that, yeah. if that's the white right word, um, into other people is 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 quite a, a tricky call. You've got various things coming up, haven't yeah. you? You've we got do, various yeah, initiatives yeah. which are sort of um, in charge of We're so running
1: yeah. an event every single day. Um, and it's such a huge range of things that we're putting on here. Um, so they focus on Community, So uh, getting people to know one another, whether that's for our breakfast club or our coffee morning. Um, but then we also provide people with lots of different help hubs, um, whether that's digital marketing or content writing or branding. Um, so we're constantly having the opportunity here for people to meet one another, to help one another. Um, so we also have skill swaps that are going to take place here. It's all kind of kicking off now at the beginning of this year. Um, so literally every single day there will be an opportunity for our members to engage not only with other members in the building but also just people who are experts in their field in the wider community. So that's how we're going to continue on growing our oh, working atmosphere. So you're
0: going to start your tentacles reach outside of the building. They yes. do, yeah,
1: they do. They're nice
0: tentacles, but they reach outside <laughs> the building, yes, they do. Because um, uh, that, I guess, is an interesting call that um, I guess it's important because you need to let the world know about it and it's good to promote it and it's good for publicity and that kind of stuff. But actually, the, I guess the um, ramifications of that is that you start to involve the community at large in what's going on here, yeah? hmm Which is cool. Indeed. That is quite a yeah. cool thing. Yeah. So um, is there anything coming up you would like to promote here Now, it is your podcast, so feel free. Is there anything that you would like to say, this is really, really important, we want you to to do or that you genuinely believe is a good thing?
1: I think anybody who's listening to this that hasn't already come and looked around the building or had a free trial day, if you're interested in coming and seeing the space, talking to us and seeing if there's a way that we can help you and your business, even if you don't want to be a member here, there are other things that we can help you with. We'd love to meet you, so please just pop by. We're open every weekday from 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. You can literally rock up, have a coffee with one of us, and have a chat, and we can see what we can do for you. I would highly encourage everybody to do that.
0: So, Dawn, if you're listening, please come on down. <laughs> come
1: on, Dawn. Dawn, you're the winner.
0: <laughs> Fabulous. Uh, thank you very much indeed. It's been a total pleasure, as ever. Yeah, we, we too, love you, Jess. Jess. Because this is the very first Projects podcast, I thought it'd be a good time just to tell you what the Projects was all about. The Projects is a co-working, serviced office, meeting room and event space here in the heart of Brighton in Ship Street. Did you know that 86% of the local economy is from micro-businesses? More than 5,000 of these micro-businesses go to London or elsewhere every day to try and scale their business. And this is partly because there isn't much high-quality office space here. In addition, Brighton has the highest concentration of home workers in the UK. Now, although working from home can be a really cool thing to do, there's a lot of flexibility... It's nice, luxurious hours. You don't have to keep time. It can drive you a little bit round the bend. And speaking personally, I love to come to a place where you can be good and organised and feel like you're really running a business. And that's one of the primary reasons why I've decided to base myself here at The Projects. It's a really high-quality space here. As well as having a highly functioned and functioning facility, great broadband, great options. You can chill out in the open spaces or you can get yourself a dedicated space or, or an office, of course. We've also got really great breakout spaces. I'm here in the sitting room. It's a really sumptuous, lovely room to just chill out in or to have a really cool, intense conversation. This podcast is all about the members within this community. It's not just about what they do, it's about where they're at, so that they and you can find out more about quality and the type of people that come and work here. If you want to get involved, check out Beth or Alex at hello at the-projects.co.uk. Instead of just having talk, which is all very engaging, of course, I thought it would be rather nice to shake it up a bit. So, every single podcast, we will have a featured artist, and I will try my level best to make sure that the featured artist actually lives here in the projects. And uh, lo and behold, there is Oli Sloan, just sitting there. And he is a wonderful musician. He works with Creative Blue, the resident digital marketing agency here at the projects, and he's fantastic. And this track is called Florida Pink.
3: She's spending her hopes, buying her clothes, buying her clothes, la, 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 la. And she's so composed, head to her toes, she was doing the dance on my road. When she comes out with something sometimes, but she's so perfect. She's so fun She's taking off on alkaline She's on my mind Yeah, under the cover, she's on my mind And I wanna be with you, baby Boy, you're fabulous Remind might need a little focus Might have lost your mind Might have lost sight that you played me Oh, you're fabulous But might need a little focus Might have lost your mind Might have lost sight Might need a little focus She knows how to blink In Florida pink In Florida sun she's pulling the strings And under her gaze The Florida haze I can't relax, I can't relate When she comes out with something sometimes But she's so perfect And she's so fine She's taking off on alkaline She's on my mind Yeah, under the cover, she's on my mind And I wanna be with you, baby Oh, you're fabulous Focus Might have lost your mind You might have lost sight mm-hmm. And I don't get that you're baby, Oh, you're fabulous But might need a little focus You might have lost your mind You might have lost sight mm-hmm. oh, and I know That it's confidential she questions it all when the hurricane blows Yeah, it's sad in her eyes I can see that she tries, but she loses her mind Learning all these lines, yeah Underneath the sheets, you're a specimen to me All well, the colors I ain't never seen you flow right up into me But might need a little focus Might have lost your mind Might have lost sight oh. And I don't care that you played me for oh, you fabulous But might need a little focus Might need a little focus
0: My next guest is uh, the fantastic Pete Jenkins. Pete Jenkins is the leader of Gamification Plus, another business resident here at the project. And this is an interview all about the art and the science of gamification. Please do enjoy it. Your thing was CRM, which is kind of interesting and fascinating from my point of view because the usability of something, particularly systems, It's been something that I've been interested in ever since I was involved in them myself and and sort of designing them and selling them on behalf of my company. It's something that I find interesting that you happen to be in CRM and you thought, this is actually quite tough.
4: I just watched people gradually use less and less of a system they bought as time went on. So the less they use bits, the less likely they would go back and use a bit that they'd done before. And then Mm -hmm. that means you're not using like... The fancy features. You might as well just be using a spreadsheet or something.
0: Yeah. So what did you do about that?
4: What did we do? Well, there was a few things. Um, I've always worked on finding ways to get the CRM to bring a real benefit to every single user. So wherever we could automate stuff, we did that really early. Anything that makes your life easier and makes you realize why you want to put some data into the CRM system was good. So even even now, we still have a few CRM clients. Yeah. And uh, the ones that love it are the ones with lots of automated workflow processes behind the scenes doing the boring stuff. When I came across the concept of gamification, I matched it up in my head with the type of games I played, which were big, complicated ones, but I enjoyed playing them. And then CRMs were big and complicated, but I didn't enjoy them. And that, that was for me, I was like, hang on, but it can be done. There's, these games are massive with tons of bits of data flying at you, and, and yeah, it's fun. So there must be a way to change the CRM to do the same. So what did you do? Uh, I was about to go and build one when I thought, hang on, before I waste my time and effort, I should have a look and see what's out there. And um, after a bit of research, I found one called, an open source CRM called Zermo, which was built from the ground up around gamification principles. So we started using that internally for a few months and then thought, hey, actually, it's pretty good and started selling it. Probably sold like four times as much in a year as we did with the old CRMs. And most of our clients actually turned out to be ones who were on their third, fourth or fifth CRM. And they'd come to the realisation it was about getting the users to actually adopt the system. All the CRMs has very similar features. yeah. So it's all about getting people to actually use them.
0: So what sort of things work there to, get, to get them to use it? I mean, you know, specifically.
4: Specifically, really simple stuff. Mm-hmm. Very much about making people comfortable with it. So uh, points for every activity you do. So you could just generally uh, reward people for just using it. There is a, quite a nice badging system, um, not badging, but more collect, collecting items, virtual mm-hmm. goodies. Mm-hmm. And that encouraged you to explore because you couldn't complete collections of stuff unless you'd been and done everything in an area, like in marketing. You wouldn't, you'd have to add a contact, search for a contact, send an email shot, do various other bits yeah. and a follow up before you could complete the collection. Mm-hmm. And of course, once you've done that stuff to complete the collection, you've used that bit of the software you're more likely to use it in the future. So really, it was
0: about kind of approbation in a way. It's kind of it's kind of a uh, it's the first step, I guess, is to is to work out um, a kind of reward system.
4: Well, it's about working out what the people using it would like as a reward. Um, and this is those are mostly what I'd call onboarding gamification features, stuff that's fun for the first few weeks, mm. yeah, and and then it you, actually what happens is. They appear less often because they get harder to achieve. That's fine, that means they're not in your way. Um, But you've set that first expectation and that first experience is one of fun and comfort with the system. So they're more likely to use it forever. And that, that seems to really work. Now in advanced CRMs, it's much more, not just onboarding, but about setting goals, mini challenges, stuff that actually helps you get better at your job. And um, more stuff as you go on.
0: So is it almost as if there's kind of I don't know some sort of almost AI thing in there where where they kind of get, where you, you sort of at one le- you kind of level it so that after a while people start. Now I am guessing obviously but I'm identifying so i kind of go, oh, okay it's interesting I What's going on here? So I wonder do does do things like for example it says why don't you try this. Does it, mm. does it come up with ideas of what to do, or is it more about um, this task, you can get this if you achieve this?
4: At the moment, it's more simple than <coughs> what you're suggesting, but what you're suggesting is where it's heading. Ah. Uh-huh. So gamification is always about following what's happening in the games industry. And so the games industry is doing really well with AI at the moment for analysing how you play, what you enjoy about your play, and tailoring your journey so that every player has a different experience. Mm. Well, that sounds like a perfect parallel for a CRM system. Mm. Yeah? Mm. Um, it should know it's a Tuesday. He's quite likely not to want to get on the phone. Let's set him some challenges about emailing clients. Yeah? Cool. Yeah, so why not learn your patterns and what you do today? Oh, it's Friday. He never rings a client on a Friday. Let's create some marketing collateral.
0: I'm an old git. And um, probably older than you. And the thing is that, uh, but I, like you, I've been involved in in, um, sort of the computing world and IT for quite a long time. Uh, What troubles me is the stats coming back about the amount of time that people are spending in front of a screen, whatever kind of screen it is, uh, their disengagement, uh, presumably, and I'm presuming that, uh, with their next door neighbour if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. So they, they're more than happy to play with people they don't know over wherever it is. But actually, the co- local communities, the, the the people in your house, you know, all that kind of thing. Do you think gamification can play a part now in the future, um, society, in a societal way, to make the most of the stuff that's on the ground and sort of locally, the the kind of the local community type of
4: thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm privileged to also teach at the University of Brighton. And one of the things about my students, I do do a lecture on social media and what they use. And one of the things that came back that I thought was really interesting when I was surveying them was that actually they're really comfortable online, but they actually want more excuses to meet in person. Yeah, so they want that design for them because they feel socially awkward when they meet people in person. So that's some cool. of the games, and if you, if you wanted to design something for a younger generation, you would design something that gets them to meet in person. I think that's one of the reasons Pokemon Go was so popular for a yeah. while. A lot of people I know who played it, particularly from the younger generations, enjoyed playing it because they went with other people and yeah. met other people. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think in the world of work, you need to make sure people stand up, take breaks, and uh, you can gamify that. I think one of my early, uh, someone who came to me with an idea for a business years ago for some gamification stuff was he wanted a cushion to go on everyone's seat that after a little while would vibrate or do something that would freak them out and make them stand up and go and move around. (laughs) From a lot of what you're saying, you're assuming gamification is all digital.
0: Well I'm not actually I'm not assuming it but from what yeah. I've seen a lot of it is
4: Well it's easier to display the stuff that's not digital so uh, for instance I, if I'm doing a presentation nearly all the examples be digital ones because they're easy to show on the screen Yeah. but yeah. a lot of the stuff that actually gets done in reality is, is physical because the idea of gamification is you want to change someone's behaviour at a particular moment and so the trick is to understand what they're doing at that moment and they could easily not be at a computer at that moment you know if we're gamifying warehouse staff to pick in a more efficient way they're unlikely to be at a screen when that's happening thank
0: you so much it's been a total pleasure and uh, all the best in your gamification voyage thank you very and much
3: and I knew one day we'd meet up in familiar places only cause we share the same familiar faces oh 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 must keep control, oh, oh never saw you look so good and don't you know it takes me back to how we were, but I won't show it. No, no, no. Cause I let you go, go, go. I wanna know you're missing me, know what you've done away. for you I want the best but not the truth I want to know if you're in love it's just because nothing's any better than the day I left you however hard I try you know I can't forget you no 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 are you alone Whoa, oh, oh. whoa. There is something different in the way you're talking I wonder if there's someone new and this is awkward Oh, oh, oh Should I go, go, go I wanna know you're missing me Know all you've done away I wanna know if you're in love It's just because nothing's changed And I'm still picking up the pieces Just because, in a way, I'm still running out the creases Just because, just because I wanna know you're missing me
0: track from the fragrant Ollie Sloan, and that one was called "Just Because." Our next guest is the extraordinary Jess Bailey. Jess's thing is crowdfunding, and she runs a business called Crowdfunding at 360, uh, a very successful business that helps organizations to do crowdfunding, and she has got some particularly useful insights coming up right now in Atcher.: Why are you here, as in here at the, at the project?
5: I moved to Brighton in December, needed a co-working space, so I went to check out a couple. And this one was really the most friendliest. Um, and I like the fact that it's not too close to my house, so it means I actually have to get out of my neighbourhood. <laughs> and I can just cycle along the seafront to get here, which I think is great, twice a day along the seafront. The other one is Platform 9, but it was just like a four-minute walk from my house. It's not enough. If I you? did that, I'd never, I'd never leave the vicinity.
0: <laughs> it's not enough.
5: <laughs> I think... I've got to come here a bit more often yeah. because I didn't come here for like a week. And then on Friday when I saw you and Toby was here and I was like, oh, I didn't get any work done for like the first hour. <laughs> Everyone just wanted to talk to me <laughs> and I came here to do work.
0: I would like to t- you to tell me what is the most exciting thing you're working on. You don't have to mention any names, just the sort of thing you're doing. It's really exciting. At the moment? Yeah.
5: The most exciting thing I'm working on at the moment is this like high end fashion jewellery. Mm. that has social impact it's made by women in Rwanda that survived the genocide that have become a cooperative and it's it's created by this ex-BBC senior lawyer and now she's obviously leaving legal and going over into fashion that's the most exciting thing at the moment because she's still working as a lawyer they're very stressful jobs a lot of high hours but for some reason I don't know she's got like a clock or something that stops time that means she still has time to work on this project and it's interesting because it's much more expensive than the average crowdfunding reward. That means it'll be a be an interesting one to see how it goes.
0: And that's an interesting point actually. It's more expensive. So you mean that um, it's more expensive to contribute. It's more expensive to pledge.
5: Yeah. So the average crowdfunding pledge for a non-tech campaign is. Twenty five pounds. Yeah, but obviously her jewelry is like minimum three hundred. Yeah, pounds. So then it's looking at how to get people to part with more money for so that risk because crowdfunding is a risk. But you don't know if you're really going to get the product. You're okay to lose twenty five pounds. You might be okay to lose a hundred, but are you really okay to lose that much?
0: Do you think that the amount you pledge, if it is so say. Well, it's much high risk, High risk in terms of how much money you lose, maybe. But the more you pledge, possibly has an indication as to how serious the crowdfunding project is. Do you think there's something related to that?
5: Yeah, you have to definitely have a much more professionalised look of a campaign to get more money out of people. It also depends on the price of the product that they're getting in return or the value that they see in getting in return for giving you that higher amount of money, that's also a big one. You can make a really attractive bundle of rewards or experiences for like 100 £150, pounds, even though the product is priced cheaper. But if, if it's £150 pounds and you're getting a tote bag, <laughs> you're not going to give any money.
0: <laughs> What's the most effective campaign you've worked on that's finished?
5: The most successful rewards campaign we worked on was for a switch bike, which turns any bike into an electric bike. So you just change the front wheel and attach the motor and the cables and you have your electric bike. And again, this is so much cheaper than buying a real electric bike, which are in their thousands. You could have bought this in the early bird for only $99. Then it went up to like $399. They raised about 500,000. It's much easier when people come to us and they already have some kind of following. Mm. and then they just want to monetize that following, that's going to work much better for crowdfunding than I want the money, but I don't have the following.
0: Yeah, yeah. But
5: like to spend that time to build up, even if it's just a really engaged and active Facebook group or community online or offline, building that up without using the money from them at the beginning and then going into the crowdfunding campaign is going to mean you're way more successful than being like I want the crowdfund oh let me go make a community yeah
0: I guess the the whole concept of stake I mean stakeholding not staking chips (laughs) is really quite a big deal with crowdfunding I mean it's almost like a a kind of um, sort of whole whole you could write a psychological treatise on this sort of thing couldn't you you know what it means what stake actually means and how it attaches to your kind of fandom yeah, um, and is this something that you're particularly interested in? I mean, you, you, is this sort of you know the psychology of crowdfunding? Does that kind of oh, I love
5: the psychology of crowdfunding. <laughs> it's so interesting because it's so obvious, but it's not obvious. Like, and it can be the psychology of crowdfunding works the same with everything else and then it's just kind of translating that into analogies that people understand based on everyday life maybe they haven't given to crowdfunding campaigns before but they've definitely been in the position where there's a restaurant that's quite empty and a restaurant that's quite busy which one are you going to go in You're going to go in the one that's quite busy of course it's the same with crowdfunding if there's a campaign that has no money from not many people and one that has more money from a lot of people similar products you're probably going to give to the one that has more money from more people just because, you know, you think actually yeah, I'm going to get what I want Um, and obviously more people trust this one
0: What's your view about what's going to happen with crowdfunding in the future?
5: Well, that's a good one In England, I reckon it probably has about like five years left Wow Because, you know, the size of the audience for crowdfunding in the UK is, you know, it's, it's, it's there And it's still maybe kind of growing a bit. But in general, like, a lot of people know about crowdfunding in the UK. Yeah. However, more and more campaigns are crowdfunding in the UK, which means that that population of backers is now split heavily between 10 of the same campaigns, for example. Uh, And because crowdfunding has been around, if those general public were screwed over in the past because they didn't get what they were promised, you know, I paid for an electric bike, where is my electric bike? I'm now hundreds or thousands of pounds down, they're not going to trust campaigns that are coming out now hmm. because they've been they've been traumatized <laughs> in the past. Equally, oh, no. equally there are now ten campaigns of the similar product, all asking for their money. Yeah. And in the future there'll be more campaigns. So actually, you know, the more entrepreneurs run campaigns and fail or don't deliver, the smaller the audience is getting which means it's making it harder for ones in the future to, to run. Yeah. Which is why, you know, when we do it, we always focus on that follow-up afterwards as well. How can you get those backers to, A, still like you, give you money again, but also so that they don't harbour bad feelings towards other crowdfunding campaigns. Of course. Selfishly, because obviously we want more clients. <laughs> but in general, because crowdfunding is amazing, I want to give people that in two, three years, they, they can still go ahead and raise money. In other countries, we see it coming up more. Spain, Portugal, Switzerland, France. I was in the Balkans last year. It's definitely just beginning to to take off there.
0: Well, that's been a beautiful interview. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks. I've got to say, when I did the shout-out for musicians here, I wasn't expecting the quality I got from Ollie. Um, It's rather beautiful. This track is particularly lovely. Uh, it's the rather strange title of R-E-D-Y-T. There's no accounting for millennials. It is, however, absolutely gorgeous. Listen, you'll love it. I tear my
3: sheets in my sleep Feeling full you yeah, next to me Slipping through the concrete And I didn't think you could And I didn't Now I'm traveling solo through. I'm just blocking you. I'm just blocking. I'm inhaling Yeah, I'm rushing to occupy My mind from you I wanted it All you And guess you didn't have A clue Now I'm traveling So long through I'm just bloking You I'm just blocking you. Just blocking you. I'm just blocking you. I'm just blocking you. La-la-la-la-la. Yeah, I'm just blocking you. And everything I give for you, you wouldn't believe all the things I could. Yeah, I would have fallen for good And even in later days We replace the pictures of our younger days I'd give everything that I could I'd give everything to you, Red La 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 I would have given everything to you, Red
0: So that's it. That's the end of the very first May, the inaugural Projects Podcast. And I do hope you enjoyed it. Uh, This is your podcast, as they say, at the best shows. It belongs to you. So please, 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 I'm begging you. Do come forward with any ideas you might have for the show. Uh, In particular, uh, if you'd like to be on it and sort of feature yourself. Why not? Uh, I'd love to meet you and I'd love to find out more about you. And if you're outside of the projects listening in, then please do come down. Uh, We're a friendly bunch and we'd love to see you. Looking forward to the next podcast, number two, where we will have lots of chat and music and lots more besides. See you then. Bye-bye.